Nothing but the blood of Jesus, hey? It's great. Why don't you open up your Bibles if you have them tonight? And um, we've got a, a passage that I think would just be helpful to read it through together before I begin. Just so you see all that's in it and just uh, experience it as it must have been uh, spoken to the church at Corinth uh, as Paul had sent this letter to them and perhaps as uh, they were hearing it, they would have heard it just as I'm going to speak it now. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and um, I'm just going to read from uh, verses 8 and 9 and then we're going to jump to 25 to 40 and uh, it's uh, advice for those considering marriage and particularly people that are are single at the moment and uh, thinking about marriage. So Let's listen to Paul's words, the the word of God to us tonight. 1 Corinthians 7 from verses 8 and 9. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. It's a groovy ringtone though, Lise. Now if we move on to verse 25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for you to remain as you are, Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How, uh, sorry, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks he's acting improperly towards the virgin he is engaged to, and if she is getting along in years and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He's not sinning, 
They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his will and who has made up his mind does uh, made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does the right, but he who does not marry her does even better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. I think we better pray, hey? Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you that your word is alive and active and it speaks to us today. God, we pray for uh, just a real attentiveness to your word tonight, that we would hear your voice, that you would speak to us. And God, that you would uh, just affect our lives as Paul was just longing to affect the lives of those uh, in Corinth at this time. God, speak to us today in Albury Wodonga, your church here. We want to hear from you. Have your way, Jesus, in our lives. Amen. Well, tonight, uh, I think it's clear for us as we open up God's word from the very beginning, uh, right through, that marriage is good. And for uh, men and women, as they grow to marriageable age, it's quite appropriate and right for people to look to be married. In fact, right in uh, the Garden of Eden, uh, God looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. That's right. So he made Eve and uh, gave her to him. And I think uh, Jesus, as he was speaking in uh, Matthew's gospel, as it's recorded, said, you know, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and will be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Marriage is good. Marriage is is, is good. And the normal path for most people in their lives will be marriage. Uh, most people get married and it's good. But what about those who are single? Is it better to be single than it is to be married? Or are there some considerations that need to be thought through for those who are thinking about getting married? Um, what does the Bible have to say about all this? I think you'll notice today as you just look around and observe um, marriages and, and when people are getting married, marriage seems to be taking place at a later stage in people's lives than it has uh, before. I remember when I got married, I was 27 years old and I was quite old uh, in those days. All my friends who were thinking, you know, you're getting older... My mum and dad got married when they were 21 years old and that was quite normal. I looked at uh, the Bureau of Statistics on Australia's social trends and they uh, said that from 1975, the marriage age has steadily, steadily increased from 23.3 years of age for bridegrooms and 20.9 for brides 
to 27.3 years of age for bridegrooms and 25.3 for brides. And that's still back in 1995. And they suggested that the reasons for this increasing uh, age when people are getting married are these. Reduced influence of religion on young Australians. Uh, the second thing they suggest as a reason is the rising divorce rate that undermines the idealism of marriage. So in other words, you know, there's just so many people getting divorced that, you, that people think, well, maybe marriage isn't such a big deal anymore. And thirdly, they said the sexual revolution that, uh, of the 60s and 70s has helped to separate sex and marriage. This is what the Bureau of Statistics reflects on the reasons why. You know, people are now deciding that they can have sex without getting married. And so well, why do we need to do it until then? And um, they note that now uh, the increase in numbers of those who choose to postpone or reject traditional marriage in favour of a, a de facto relationship. So many people are choosing that. And by 1992, they said more than half... 56% uh, of all couples who had married in that year had cohabitated before their current marriage compared to 16% in 1975. It seems today that as you look at it, many people are waiting longer to get married and many people are thinking that it's okay to be sexually active before you get married. And I guess um, uh, here in Albury-Wodonga, we're probably no different in, in this part of the world than most parts of Australia as well. I, I look around and I notice that Albury-Wodonga is just full of single people. Single people are, are everywhere in Albury-Wodonga. I mean, there are many, many people that are doing year 11 and 12 that I bump into that are, that are doing studies and, you know, uh, so many people in finishing high school at the moment. And I meet soldiers, and there are so many soldiers at uh, Bandiana and Latchford Barracks who are single people. Also, notice that, you know, at the universities, at Charles Sturt Uni, at Latrobe Uni, at Wodonga TAFE and Albury TAFE, there are so many single people who are not only single, but they've left home for the first time and come away from their parents' influence and are now here just trying to figure out for the first time what life is about. And their hormones are going wild. I notice people who are at the prime of their life, valuing relationships, looking for friendships, and right now are meeting a whole lot of new people. So what do you do uh, if you're in the prime of your youth, away from family and friends, and you're in an area where there are loads of young people around you who are looking for relationships. And they aren't waiting for marriage, but they're looking to fulfil their, their passions and pleasures. And look around tonight in our church, there's so many of us, uh, so many people are single people, so many um, are, are contemplating, well, will I get married and what things should I think about before then? You know, and Paul's uh, advice last week uh, was, was clear that came through from Darren Miles' message. He said, if you're, if you're not married, Paul was saying, don't give in to sex. Uh, sex before marriage is not for Christians. It's just not for God's people. Uh, God says sex is good, 
that God created it, God thought of it, he made you for sex, but within the confines of marriage. So last week in chapter 6, Paul says, flee from sexual immorality, run from it. Just, just get away from it. Why? Because it's dangerous. It will cause you to sin, and sin that continues in your life will lead to you winding up in hell, separated from God forever. It's a serious issue. And Paul says, flee from it, run from it. Uh, so don't give in to the pressure. He would say, do whatever you can not to sin. God wants you to use your bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit, which he bought for at a price. Nothing but the blood of Jesus was shed so that you could come to know him. And that's what we learned last week. He wants you to honour God with your bodies, to be pure, to be those who are living their lives, honouring God with our bodies. Now, perhaps some of you tonight might say, it's too hard. It's too hard. You forget what it's like to be young and full of hormones. You know, I find it too hard not to not have sex. I'm, I'm a guy, for crying out loud, Jonathan, maybe you say. My hormones are out of control. And perhaps you, you might say, I, you know, I'm addicted to pornography. I, I, I just can't get away from the internet. And maybe you say, I've got a girlfriend and, and you know, we are already way long ago went too far and I can't help it. Well, the advice for you from Paul tonight is do something quick about it. Do something quick. Stop it. You know, stop what you're doing. Get the help that you need. Get the assistance that you need. I want to tell you, that there is so much assistance available for you if you would like it. I mean, Christian friends would love to be accountable to you. You know, if you're a guy, another guy friend, just sharing together your struggles helps. If you're a Christian woman, you know, to, to share it with a friend is great. And to just get support and, and strength from them. You know, you could talk to uh, Phil or me or to Gail or you could... Do one of our life force courses. They're just put together to help you understand your sexuality in a godly way and to get help in life and to be able to do that. I remember doing um, surviving sexuality. It was called way back then when I was um, a single young guy and it was immensely helpful to me. And we have these courses running all the time. So Paul says... You know, if, you, if that's you, if you say, I just can't, I can't, Paul would say, stop it. You know, do whatever you can, flee, run, because you'll end up in hell. Sin, not dealt with, habitual sin that you just wink at is going down a, a dangerous road. Be radical about it. And he says, or there's another option. There's a second option. Get married quick. <laughs> it's what he says. Look at it in verse uh, 8 and 9 of chapter 7. This is now to the unmarried and the widows. I say, it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, if their passion is just so strong that they find themselves you know, not able to contain it, it's better for them to marry than to burn with passion. And some of you might be saying, 
Jonathan, that's me. I'm, I'm a man. I'm built that way and I need this kind of... Well, you better learn to control it and stop it or you better work about now getting married. You know, not, not to anyone, but I mean, you don't want to end up far from God because you just think you can continue on in the pattern that you're in. And the two options tonight. Stop it or start looking about finding a husband or a wife. Someone who will love you and who will meet your needs as a, as a, in a Christian marriage. Why? Because there's so much at stake. You know, the people in Corinth, uh, Paul adds, adds in this passage, you know, so if you, do, if you can't stay single, then it's okay to get married and actually it's, it's, it's fine. But if you can stay single, then, you know, do that. If you can learn to have the self-control and delay that and find, you know, and wait, then that's a good thing too. And the people of Corinth had written Paul a letter. So they'd written to him and had asked some questions. And in this section of the book, Paul was actually answering directly some of the things that they'd raised in the letter that they sent to him. And it seems that one of the issues that they raised was, is it wrong to get married? Now we think, it's a silly question, isn't it? Because that's what most people do. But, but what was happening, uh, so they asked, is it wrong to get married? And if you're engaged to be married now, should you break it off? You know, should, should, that, should you break it off? And it seems a strange question to us today, but in Corinth where there was sexual promiscuity everywhere, where, you know, we've talked about there being uh, religions and, and gods that were whole centred around uh, sex and there were shrine prostitutes and everything, what had happened in the church in Corinth, it seems, was there was a little group that was starting to go around and they were a little spiritual group. You know how there's all those, some people are a little bit more holier than everyone else. And they were going around and they were saying, you know what, because sexuality is such a big problem in Corinth, it's better not to get married because you might end up having sex, you know. And, and what, what God wants us to do is abstain from sex abstain from all that and just be really spiritual people. And so they start to wonder, is this right, Paul? What do you think? Now, the big, big thing that, that Paul's addressing in this part of his letter are answers to those questions. If you're single now, should you get married or should you stay single? Is it all right to do one or the other? And, and you know, if it is, if I'm engaged now and I'm living in this sexual society, is it right that I should you know, just not get married and stay single as I am. So they ask Paul this question. And I think his answer gives us good advice tonight to you who are single, to you who are thinking about getting married and to wrestling with those issues. So he answers that if you're thinking about getting married and you want to know what I think, well, one of the first things I think is look at the times. Look at the things that are going around at the moment, the things that are happening. Is there trouble going on? Well, it might not be the best time to get married. So look what he says. Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. So I think Paul's saying here, you know, Jesus didn't actually give clear teaching on this while he was on earth. But you know what? He's saying, he, Jesus didn't speak directly on it, but because of God's mercy, 
I'm trustworthy, so I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to give you a, a judgment. You know, he also seems to be saying in this, you know, there's a bit of scope for you to think about this together, but I'll give you my best answer and, and I'll tell you what it is. And because the Bible is inspired, we've got to listen to this and say, this is what God is saying to us tonight. Then he goes on, because of the present crisis, if you're into underlining in your Bible, underline that because that just colours the whole passage that we're looking at because many people have said see Paul here seems to be favouring singleness as what's desired but he says here because of the present crisis that's colouring everything I'm telling you people in Corinth he says I think that it's good for you to remain as you are I'm talking to now about the virgins and what I'm saying is virgins it's better that you remain as you are but then he says, are you married? Well, don't think that what I'm saying is that if, if you're virgins, you should remain as you are, means that you should divorce and you should, uh, you should seek a divorce. No, no, do not seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Well, do not look for a wife. Uh, if, you, if you do marry, you have not sinned. It's okay. This is just my advice to you. And if a virgin marries, she's not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life and I want to spare you of this. What on earth is Paul saying? I, I think what he's saying is that there's a present crisis going on in Corinth. There's lots of debates and discussions about what this present crisis might have been because Paul doesn't actually explain what it is. But here's, here's some of the things that I think might be part of the present crisis it, it could be that the persecution that was later to break out under Nero was just starting and Christians in Corinth were just starting to see the beginnings of persecutions that Christians would face. And as they saw that beginning to unfold, Paul is saying, it's going to be tough for Christians. We're going to get killed for our faith. We're going to get slaughtered because of what we believe. Paul had, had already undergone beatings for his faith, stoning. He'd already suffered greatly. And he was saying to them, because of the present crisis, because Christians are being killed because of their faith, do you know what? I think it's better to stay as you are. Do you know, uh, if you're in a place of present crisis, best thing to do, I would recommend, is to not get married and start having children, uh, especially if you're in Sudan at the moment. You know, over there, uh, they're, they're taking husbands away and killing them. They're, they're grabbing children and taking them away as hostage and separating families. You know, in that environment of civil war, of, of things that are going on there, you don't want to have loved ones that, are, that you've brought into the world that you have to provide for and care for. And I think Paul might be saying here, because... You know, we're, we're, we've got a crisis on our hands where people could die for their faith. Don't get married and bring children into the world. That's what he could be saying. You know, another thing is that many people think that there were people starving and dying. There was a famine around at this time. Also, in 1 Corinthians 11, remember at the Lord's table, they were saying some, of, some people have even fallen asleep and, and are suffering sickness. And maybe in this community, they were seeing many people amongst them dying and feeling like there's a crisis going on. There's also a famine at this time, and it would have been hard to feed a wife and your children or to look after domestic affairs. And Paul's saying, because of this present crisis, stay as you are. Others believe that Paul was talking about uh, Christ's return. 
And he was caught up so much with the fact that Christ could return at any moment, that the crisis was that people didn't know about Jesus and he wanted to tell them before Christ came back. I think you know, there might be some truth in all of these. We can't say for certain what the present crisis was, but we know that there was one. And because of that, Paul said, it's better to stay as you are. You know, if you're single, stay like that. If you're married, don't divorce, stay as you are. You know, if you're uh, engaged to be married and you don't have to go through with the marriage, you know, I, I think it's okay. But if you have to, that's okay too. But I just reckon because of the present time, you know, think about it. Uh, do you know, it's interesting that as you look at um, some of these figures, I don't know if you can read that too well, but these are the data for marriageable age. You know how we were talking about that earlier on. And look what's happened. Back in 1940, the, the, the median age of people getting married was quite high. Does anyone know why that might be? Anyone know what happened in 1940? 40? What happened then? Yeah, there's a, a, well, a war, 1939 to 40, you know, 44, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah, but there's, there was a World War II and there was also, um, yeah, people were struggling. In the middle of this time, you know what? Right in the midst of that time, you don't go getting married at that time. So people were delaying their marriage. You know what happens? As times of peace come, the median age got lower and lower. And now, and from 1975, it's been increasing for some of those reasons. I think it's interesting. What Paul's saying here is what they were, what they were saying then. Now, what I want to say to you tonight, how does that apply to us tonight? I think that if you're thinking about getting married tonight, if you're single, there are some questions to think about the times. Is there some reasons why it's not a very good idea to get married right now? There might be some reasons for you. It could be that right now you are studying here and you don't have any money and you are here to study and concentrate and you want to finish your studies. And it could be that in the midst of this, you feel that God might be saying, because I'm single, I'm looking at the times, there will be a time when I'm going to be married, but right now is not the time for me. It could be that as you look at uh, your stage in life where, you're trying, where you feel God has called you to be forming a career, and right now the amount of time that you want to spend in building a career that you feel God has called you to is going to take disproportionate amounts of your time that you would, you would not be ready to be married. And it might be that this time you think, because of the situation I'm in, because of the times I'm in, it's not right to be married. It could be that you feel a strong sense of call to overseas mission. And if you are now uh, going to accept a proposal for marriage, it might stop you from doing what you really feel that God is calling. So the time... Right now, you're feeling this call and it might be the time to just turn away from the opportunity to marry and to stay single. Is there a crisis in the world that you can fix? Maybe God has been speaking to you about poverty, about injustice overseas, and you know he's calling you and to turn away and to get married and to get involved in you know, other things. It's not the time. Are you addicted to pornography? Do you have other kinds of addictions to alcohol or to drugs that would mean that you would just not be the kind of person that would be able to offer the things that a, a, a wife or a husband would need? 
Well, consider the time. Put the hard work in in finding healing. Give your life to Jesus afresh. Make sure that you, you are the kind of godly person that would be someone who would, people would want to marry. Are you insecure? Are you not able to offer someone love? Then get the help that you need. We want to help. Look at the time. Look at the time. And it could be that for these reasons, it's better to stay single. Another thing to look at is to look at the times. So the first one is look at the times. Is there trouble? Look at the time. It's short, okay? So Paul says, what I mean, brothers, is that time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it was not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Paul says, time is short. Paul had come to see things absolutely, completely different since he was hit by the bright lights on the road to Damascus, since he met the risen Christ. His life had been turned around completely. And you know what? He started to realise when he surrendered his life to Jesus that God had forgiven him through Jesus' death and that now he was heaven-bound. He was heaven-bound. He realised that this life is not where it's all at. This is not the end. This is not what life is all about. We think it might be just as we see that we've got to make the most out of the time that we have here, build a career, build a house, look after things, try and make sure everything's nice and rosy and pour our lives into this because that's all there is. Paul had been met with the risen Christ and he realised eternity was waiting for him. And compared to eternity, the time that he has now is very short. And so he looked at everything in his life as completely subservient to following Jesus. He would not let anything take the place of Christ in his life because he knew he was heaven bound. So he began to think and spend his, his life in ways that were going to be in light of where he was heading. And so for him to spend his life thinking about pleasing his wife and having a nice little family and settling down because that's all there is, it wasn't an option for Paul. He, he had decided that giving his life completely for Christ was what... So, so he said, look, to you who happen to be married or who, who get married, he said, you need to live as though you're not. Don't live as though marriage is all there is to live for. Even if you're married, he's not saying neglect your wife. But he's saying, don't let that relationship become something that stops you from living with eternity in sight because time is short. You're going to be there one day. Don't let anything come up against that. He says, you know, if you're you're someone who uh, is mourn, don't mourn about things on earth. They're nothing compared to, uh, to, to eternity. You know, they're sad, but they're not all that there is. Life is much more than than the things that we face right here. If you're happy, don't get all excited thinking happiness is what it's all about. There's so much more waiting for you. Don't get caught up in this temporary world because it's passing away and there's no point in getting caught up in that. So if you're single tonight and you're thinking of getting married and getting married is going to take your focus off 
keeping your eyes on eternity and living for Jesus, then Paul would say, don't do it. Don't let that take your focus off. Let everything that you do on earth be subservient to eternity and the implications of the faith and trust that you have in Jesus Christ. Do you know what I think this really means for us, the practical outworking? Is don't you dare go marrying someone who doesn't love Jesus like you do. I mean, that would just be silly, wouldn't it? I mean, if if your heart has been completely transformed by the risen Christ and your um, eyes are fixed on eternity and everything that you want to do in the rest of your life is to live for him because now you realise that life is just not all about nine to five and building a nice house and trying to do some nice things and then you die. Why on earth would you marry someone who thought that? You would just just live as though time is long and there's plenty of time. I think it really means that don't just look for a Christian. Christian is the first thing. Find someone who helps you love Jesus more and find someone together that you can be, someone who helps someone else who you would marry love Jesus more. Be the kind of person that really helps people, helps your partner, the one that you might marry, uh, grow in their faith. So if you're single now, there's a lot that you can do. Become a godly woman. Become a godly man. Become the type of person that in marriage will help you and your husband, you or your wife, submit your marriage to eternity. Submit your jobs to eternity. Submit your kids to eternity. Submit everything under the lordship of Christ. Paul says, look at the concern marriage brings. Are you prepared? 32, I would like you to be free from concern, Paul says. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife and his interests are divided. Everyone knows that guys are just terrible dressers on their own, aren't they? I mean, many, many, many guys don't know how to buy their own clothes. Is that right, guys? But how many single guys do you know that spend lots of money on furniture? Anyone know that? If you're single, you just, you know, bring out an old camping chair at home, don't you? And you, anything will do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. And, and you don't spend your money on things that you might spend it otherwise on. Your money's your own. If you're single guys, don't worry about cleaning up or, or looking good, you know, or underarm deodorant or stuff like that. They don't care about that. You know, um, they, they can do what they want with their time anytime. No limits on flatulence. No... <laughs> No burping quotas. You can just do it whenever you like and whenever you want. There's no concerns. A a married man, uh, however, gets his clothes bought for him, you know. You're going out like that, you know. All of a sudden you're spending things on things you never thought you'd ever spend money on, like hair product. Like (laughs) I never knew there were cleaning, face cleaning materials for men until I got married, you know. Uh, you, you tend to buy things on couches and coordinate things in the, in the home and you clean up after you like you never have before. It's the same with girls, though, isn't it? I mean, 
If you've been single and you're married now, uh, ladies, do you find you have less time to yourself now? Anyone? Yeah? Anyone know that? I think it's true. Uh, often it says here that, you know, her aim, uh, to a, it goes on and says, an unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the law's affair, but her aim is to be devoted to the Lord, both body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. And, and that's rightly so. I mean, we, guys, we should give up our freedom if we're getting married. You just have to look at, at, at the concern that marriage brings and be prepared for that. It's not bad. But you do have to spend time giving into a marriage, doing the things that will help it be pleasing. And that's stuff that is, is good for someone who decides to marry. And Paul's saying it's okay if you do, but just be aware there are some concerns that go with it. And women, I mean, you have to think about, uh, you know, how you can please your husband, it says, you know, and, and how, to, how to care for a family. You've got to do some, you know, the mopping and the cleaning and sometimes you've got to get your husband to make the bed and pick up his clothes and, you know, it's, it's really tough. And there's mouths to feed and there's things to do and often your time is not your own. And I know many married women who would give anything just for a nice cup of coffee out at a restaurant or a nice break from all the demands that marriage brings, Hey. Yeah. Well, if you're single, you don't have all those concerns. And Paul's saying, I just want you to know that marriage brings concerns. You don't have those when you're single. In fact, you're free to serve the Lord. And I just want to say tonight, in our church, there are so many single people that give hours upon hours upon hours of work here in our church, serving the Lord. I mean, take one look at kids' church ministry. The number of single young people that serve our kids tirelessly. Look at youth and young adults' leadership. We have single young people. If single young people and single people were to leave our church, we would be in big trouble because there are so many hours that single people are able to devote to the Lord's work. So if you're single, you're not second rate. You're not second class. You're people of incredible worth to God and to the kingdom. And you make this church what it is. Think about missionaries and people that have given up everything and gone off without uh, a single people that have done what other people could not do. There's so many people in Dangerous Middle Eastern areas, single men that go where, where women would just, Western women would just not be able to, and they're taking the gospel there. So, final thing. So, what we're looking at so far, just to recap, look at the times. Is there trouble around that would stop you from marriage? Look at the time. It's short, and eternity is there. Don't get married if it's going to take your eyes off looking at eternity. You know, thirdly, look at the concern that marriage brings with it and, and the time that it takes. And thirdly, make up your mind. Marry her or stop messing with her. If anyone thinks he's acting improperly towards the virgin he's engaged to and if he's getting along in years and he feels that he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He's not uh, sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is, un, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own mind, over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man does the right thing. 
So then, he who does marry, who, who marries the virgin does the right thing, but he who does not marry does even better. Here, I think, is a, a picture of a person who's married to a virgin and is acting improperly towards the virgin. You know, they're engaged to be married. And I think it, it could be a number of things, but I think what's happening is he's refusing to set a date. You know, he's going out with this person, engaged, but he's just not making the time, setting the date. It could be that he's acting improperly um, physically. It could be that he's just toying with her heart. And he's saying, you know, if, if you're engaged and, and she's getting along in years and she's waiting for this date and you're not setting the date, then, then you better do something about it. You ought to marry her. Don't keep stringing her along. If you're going out with her, if you're engaged, you marry the girl. Or break it off. You should get married or, or break it off. You know, there are so many guys who say, I'm just going to try things out with this person. You know, no, don't mess with people's lives. I mean, you, you should be thinking if you're single, is this someone who I can marry or is it someone who I will not? But I'm not going to mess around and just string someone along who I'm not going to marry. You know, I think it's a really great idea to, to be, you know, if, you, if you're going to start dating someone, to do it with other people around and spend time getting to know them in groups rather than already getting together just the two of you and, and starting things that, you, that are uh, you, with someone who you're not going to be married. You know, I remember, you know, you've got to think, you could be kissing somebody else's um, future wife, guys. You know, it's terrible. And God doesn't want that. And so I think you've got to be thinking all the time, is this someone who I could marry? If it's not, stop messing around, finish it and, 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 and don't that. But if this is someone and you're just chicken and you're just fearing commitment and yet you've been going out, well, I think what Paul's saying is just make up your mind. Marry the girl. You know, that's okay. That's good. Do, do what you think is right. And if you, if you do marry her because you feel like you've been stringing her along a lot and there's a lot of obligation there and now you feel like she is the one that you want to marry, well, marry the girl. That's good. But if you are able to get out of it, then that's even better. Why? <laughs> You've got to hear this. Why? Because of the present crisis, okay? It's a different situation to now. So don't say I'm telling you that. But this is what Paul was saying in his situation. And we've got to be careful that this is not the situation now, but it could be in, in, in your life. You know that. So has that made everything clear for you tonight? <laughs> the last thing that Paul adds just in these last two verses as we finish is that, um, yep, uh, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she's happier if she stays as she is because of the present crisis, and I think that when I'm saying this too, I have the spirit of God. Again, I think this just passage highlights that, you know, if because of the present crisis, Paul is saying, stay single if you can because of the times, but make sure you marry someone who is in the Lord if you do marry again. I think... Uh, Paul would say to you and I, people who are single, consider carefully who you marry, but don't muck around. Don't toy with other people's lives. It it, it might be just that God has already placed right before you the one that you're going to marry. Don't mess with them. Say, God, is is this the one? And, And marry. And it could be there are reasons that are stopping you. See God on this.
and continue to look at this. Let's pray together, shall we, tonight? God, there are people here who have been just completely violating uh, your word. People that have let addictions take control of their lives. People that have crossed boundaries. People that have been messing with other people's emotions and, and lives. God, I thank you for your word that speaks so clearly about the dangers of sexual immorality. God, I thank you for our church that over the years you have put in such a place that we want to help everybody, especially people who struggle in this area. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking your word and I pray that those tonight who have... uh, really struggles in this area, would know that this is the kind of community that wants to help heal and make whole those who are, who are off and going against your word. God, for those tonight who are considering marriage, I pray that tonight you would have been speaking to each one of us and, God, that you would be guiding and leading your people into marriages that honour you And that each of us will live with undivided hearts, letting nothing come between you and our love for you and eternity. Thank you for your word. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.